Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun, Jr. And today we want to continue talking about the structure of God's house. And let's talk about sonship. Let's talk about sonship. We're still talking about the structure of God's house. Sonship. Let's look at Psalm 127. Okay. It says this. This is my favorite psalm. This is the psalm of our household. It says this. Accept the Lord. Build the house. <coughs> they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is a man that has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Um, we talk about sonship. We talked about in our previous message that the structure of God's house is father-son. Okay? So let's start, let's start on the sonship end of this. Okay? It says, look, when, except the Lord builds the house. And we know the word uh, house there is the word bayith um, in the Hebrew. And it speaks to family, except the Lord builds the family. And he says that children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. And then he tells us that, that as arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so one thing about arrows is arrows must be shaped. They must be uh, sharpened. They must be tested for accuracy before they actually go into battle. So no arrow it just comes out as a is a perfect arrow. No, it has to be shaped. It has to be um, modeled. It has to be tested, so that when the when the person who releases the arrow at the enemy, it flies accurately and it does exactly. Listen to every word I say. It does exactly what the architect designed it to do. Okay, but it says that the arrow is the children of the Lord. They're shaped, and it says, happy is a man that has a quiver full of them. That quiver is a household, okay? The picture of that quiver is a household. Children, sons of God, are born into families. They're born into households, okay? This is why Peter would say, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? Because when you're born again, you're a newborn babe. Who takes a newborn babe and just says, ah, you're off on your own. Have at it. Nobody. That newborn babe is coddled. That newborn baby is given milk. That newborn baby is protected. That newborn baby is fed three times a day, ensuring that they're getting all their nutrients. That newborn baby is matured, is grown up. And then at the appointed time, the Bible says in Galatians, it says that the child is until he's under, I'm sorry, not until, but he's under governors and tutors until the appointed time of the father. So when children are born into the house of God, when sons are born again, it is vital, it is vital that they receive the milk of the word. It's vital that they receive the word. See, sometimes we end up trying to give children steak and the meat of the word. And it, they can't digest it. It's too heavy. They need, sons need milk first. Peter stressed this. 
Paul elaborated on it, and in the book of Hebrews it says um, that um, there was a time when you ought to be teachers, that you have one that teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, as ones have need of milk. And guess what? It's okay. Oh, beautiful breeze. It's okay to it's okay to come back to milky things. Um, some of my spiritual sons. They, they're, they're going through the elementary doctrines, and a lot of times they may get up to one of the other doctrines. They say, man, I see what God's doing. He's bringing me back to that repentance from acts that lead to death. He's showing me this. He's showing me that. I, we, I think we move in such an instant gratification type of culture, and we try to apply that to church and to our faith, and it doesn't work that way. It's a marathon. The, the race is not given to the swift or the strong, but to the one that what endures to the end. Our sonship is a marathon, and that's why we call this podcast Journeying Through Sonship, because it's a journey. Embrace the journey. The journey is going to have hills. Some of them, they're going to have valleys. It's going to have plateaus, but you're going to be constantly moving. You might not be constantly accelerating. You might be applying what God has given you, and there's times that God tests you by taking you into the valleys. But that's what sonship is all about. But guess what? You're being changed from glory to glory. Sonship is who we are. What does it mean to be a child in my father's house? David said it wonderfully. I'm going to go right to the psalm, even though we know it by memory. Uh, psalm 23. And I know you're saying, Calvin, why don't you just go ahead and <laughs> just quote. I want to read exactly like it is. Because sometimes we, we have rehearsed things so much that we may miss a word. And I don't want to miss a word in what David was saying in Psalm 23. He said this, though I walk, verse number four, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, that's a powerful understanding right there. Preparing a table before you in the presence of the enemy. That means when the enemy wants to harm you and hurt you, God says, sit down. When he prepares a table, he intends for you to sit. And that sitting position is a resting position. He wants you to rest in the face of the enemy. Do not attack by your own will and your own way. Don't attack in your own strength. The victory is already won. He wants to fellowship with you in the face of the enemy. He says this, thou anointest my head with oil. Praise God. My cup runneth over. Now watch this. Surely goodness and mercy, this is to the sons, shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To dwell is to live in the house of the Lord. Praise God. We are called to live in God's house as sons forever. We must be obedient to the laws and the culture of the house of God. But that's as a son. David is speaking as a son. Go over to Psalm 82. I want to read this, this wonderful psalm. Psalm 82. This is one that my spiritual father really put me on. and I, 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 It's a good one, y'all. But we're talking about sonship and the importance of sonship. It says this, And God stands in the congregation of the mighty. 
He judges among the gods, the magistrates, the magistrates. We are the magistrates of God. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? He's talking to his children. He says what? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out the hand of the wicked. They know not. Neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness and the foundations of the earth are out of course. Watch this. I have said. Now this is what the Lord is saying. I have said you are God's magistrates the magistrates of God and all of you are children of the most high let me read that one more time I have said you are God's and all of you are children of the most high but you shall die like men and fall like one of the rulers or the princes. He says, you are children of the Most High. That, see, that, see, this is why sonship is so important. This is why getting our identity right is so important. Because the scriptures center around being a son. All of it centers around being a son. Everybody go to Malachi chapter... I'm sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you can go to, yeah, mm, yeah, go to Malachi, go to Malachi. This is what the spirit of Elijah came to do, and we know the person who encompassed the spirit of Elijah will ultimately be John the Baptist, but there was a prophecy of John the Baptist by the prophet Malachi. Malachi chapter 4, verse number 5, it says this, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the children of, to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Okay, that was the prophecy concerning John the Baptist. This prophecy picks up in the New Testament when the angel comes to Zacharias and reads this exact same, um, same um, scripture, but then says this, he says, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. We should be making ready a people prepared to the Lord. But look what he does. He turns the hearts of the fathers to the children. We know children are sons. Sons are male and female. They're offspring. The hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I smite the earth with a curse. That is the last Old Testament prophecy. That's how important your sonship is. It's the turning of your heart. And actually the, the culture and the structure of the church is right there too. And we're going to get to that in a subsequent message. But this is what it's all about. It's all about you being a son. Um, when Jesus was in that wilderness, he asked him, if you be the son of God, go to Isaiah chapter 9. I believe it's over in Isaiah chapter 9. Turn it really quickly here. Okay. 
All right, let's look at this. I believe it's over in Isaiah chapter 9. I don't see it there, but um, I'll quote, I'll just rather quote this, go ahead and quote this. It says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. The son is given, and we know the son was given at the baptism of Jesus. Every, the father makes the declaration of the son. The son is the one that's given dominion. The son that's given power. The son is given to represent, to represent the heavenly father in the earth. It's the son. It's not the religious. The Pharisee, this is why Jesus woed, listen to me, he woed the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were supposed to be the leaders, who were supposed to know the timing of his coming, who were supposed to know who the Messiah was when he came because if they studied the scriptures, which they had the scriptures, they were too concerned with controlling the people and ruling amongst the people and receiving the yays and the haps and the claps and their names amongst the people that they were not able to discern the Messiah's visitation, but instead they uh, crucified him. They crucified him because he was giving power to the people and the and the he rendered them look he made them look what powerless. But he woed them. He woed the religious leaders because they were locking people out of the kingdom. You let me listen to me, leaders, please. Please evaluate your methods, evaluate your structures, because if we're locking people out of the kingdom, that same woe that was given to the Pharisees and Sadducees has been given unto you. Woe to you who lock people out the, out the kingdom. You don't enter in and you prevent others from entering in. We hinder the little children from coming to the Father. We want to hear our names in lights and on billboards and on, on uh, flyers and I'm coming to your town to preach and all this foolishness. Father's not being glorified. I do nothing of myself. I only do what I see my father do. If we spend half the time, I'm mean, seriously, we have to spend more time in maturing in our own sonship, especially leaders, because if you think that lead, if you think growing in your sonship stops when you become a leader, you're deceived. You're deceived because you're growing and, and um, you're being changed, glory to glory. L learning never stops. Never stops in the body of Christ. Leaders should always be continuously learning and being shaped by the Father as being an example to the flock. But in being an example to the flock, you help mature them in their relationship with the Father. See, that's what sonship is. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's knowing that you're a child and a child is matured by the word of God. The word of his grace, which is able to build you up, which is able to mature you. Embrace your sonship. In the next message, we're going to start looking in depth more at the structure of God's house. The, um, we know it's father, son. We know that it, that's the eternal reality. But what we're going to look at now is what's the earthly representation. What should be the structure of the church what should be the structure of the church to promote the father son wineskin and to promote the maturing 
of the sons. May God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast.